Oh, hello there, beautiful listener. I'm Paul Jarvis, and this is the Sunday Dispatches. FreshBooks has launched an all-new version of their cloud accounting software so you can spend more time doing the work you love and less time stressing over paperwork. For your 30-day free trial, go to freshbooks.com Sunday or just enter Sunday Dispatches in the How Did You Hear About Us section. This just in. You don't hate marketing. You hate what you think marketing is. So, dear listener, I want to talk to you today about what marketing is because a lot of folks, a lot of creative folks, wrongly assume that they understand it and then dismiss it because they think it's not important or it's not for them. For a while, I actually assumed I knew what marketing was as well and summarily dismissed it. So when I started my business, I was like, meh, marketing's for people that lack talent because if they had talent, they wouldn't need to promote what they did. But then I noticed a trend in the people that I was working with who are all way smarter than I am. So for 20 years, I helped businesses create websites to sell something, from services to products to punk rock labels. And this gave me some really rad insights into how businesses of all sizes and success worked. So some of my clients had marketing plans that were basically some variation of this. First, they'd hire an expensive web designer, that was me, to create a website that looked really good. Second, they'd set up a newsletter and social media accounts. Third, they'd add products they spent years creating in secret because they didn't want anyone to steal their ideas. And then fourth, they'd launch the site and then go looking for an audience to sell those existing products to. Fifth, they would ask me to change the colors and fonts every few months because their products weren't selling and they figured out it was obviously the colors and the fonts that were the problem. And then sixth, they would create a new product in private because the first didn't sell well. And then they'd try to find an audience for it again. And I actually stopped working with these clients because they'd eventually run out of money. And then once I noticed a glaring trend in businesses doing business like this, I didn't even let those types of clients hire me again because I didn't want them to waste their money. And I never enjoyed making money from folks who didn't get a benefit from what I did anyways. So on the other hand, the other hand, some clients had marketing plans that were some variation of this. So one, prior to hiring me, They would spend a year or more talking to their audience, learning what made them tick, helping them as often as possible through content, paid one-on-one services, consulting, coaching, etc. Second, they listened to what their audience was gladly paying them for and begging them to create. Third, they then hire me to design a website for a specific group of people with a very specific purpose and goal in mind. As in, they didn't just want to hire me to make their shit look pretty. Fourth, they would launch their product and new site after months of getting their audience pumped up about it, telling them about it. Fifth, they'd make a bunch of money from their products because it was something that their audience was asking them to make. And then they would hire me again to redesign websites or to make new products with them. So these clients were the ones that never went away in the best possible way. I ended up working with clients like this for five years, 10 years, 18 years in some cases. Yes, I've been working for myself for a while. So once I started to notice this pattern, it made me only want to work with clients like that. It helped me realize that if I was going to make my own products, since I was strictly a freelancer at that point, that I'd have to use a similar process to the latter group of clients. So what I learned from these women, and yeah, they were all women, is this is what shaped everything I know about creating products. But since I'm stubborn and egotistical a lot of the time, 
It wasn't until I started to create products in my own way with some variation of the first type of clients, this is a story for another time, I realized how smart the latter plan was. So from there, I started to develop a process and tested it and refined it with every new product until each new launch had this process that I developed that worked to some degree. Obviously, there are no silver bullets. So here's where a lot of folks go wrong with how they think marketing works. And let me remind you before we dive in, the way we think something works is typically correct because we make it correct. So if you think marketing is stupid or unnecessary or something you tried one time by attempting a single tip you read on a thought leader website, then you're going to be 100% correct. However, if you assume that the reason marketing isn't working for you is because you've been thinking about it completely wrong, well then my friend, listen on. So the first thing is that marketing isn't the same as telling people to buy or pitching what you made. That's a single part of marketing because marketing is a damn process. The final step of that process is asking people to buy what you made. But unless you've done all the other work to lead up to that step, it's not going to be a very productive step. Second point is that understanding what marketing is is simple, but applying what marketing is is only complex in that it can take a lot of steps to do correctly. But really, marketing is listening to what people want from you, then creating that thing. So step one, find an audience. Step two, make them what they're asking you to make. It's only made out to be more complicated if someone is trying to sell you a marketing product. Even my own marketing course, Grow Your Audience, it's not complex or hard to understand at all. It's just a series of stackable steps. And I purposely made it and marketed it as something that's fairly simple and straightforward. The third point is that being smart about marketing is simply using trust and empathy with a specific group of people by constantly communicating with them. It's no coincidence that I send out a weekly newsletter and a weekly podcast and my products sell really well. Nor is it a coincidence that my podcast girlfriends, the Being Boss Ladies, have released over 100 full-length podcast episodes and a ton more mini-episodes and make six figures from sponsorships per year. So in both cases, we regularly communicate with and listen to our audience. We read the emails people send us. We do surveys for product ideas with our audience. We spend our time completely immersed in the groups that we serve. Trust, like any other aspect of life, comes from honesty and is built over time. It's not built with a single sales pitch or a carefully written landing page that one person sees once. Trust is an ongoing relationship. And yes, it can take work, but the result is being both mentally and financially sustained by what we create. So the smartest marketers spend time communicating with their audience even when they don't have something to sell, especially when they don't have something to sell. Because staying top of mind with an audience only makes it easier to sell to them when you do have something to sell. The next point is that a lot of people have a hard time with marketing because they only scratch the surface without any sort of overall game plan or strategy. Adding a pop-up to your site isn't marketing. No more than sharing, adding share icons to your blog posts is a social media strategy. So single tips on thought leader websites don't do shit unless they're part of a bigger plan or process. You can't encourage signups by interrupting someone's reading unless you've got a good reason to. And regardless of how big or how many share icons you put in your content, if the content isn't worth sharing by the specific people you wrote it for, no one's going to click those buttons. So marketing isn't one thing that you do one time. It's an entire process that needs to start when you have an idea for an audience you want to serve and doesn't end unless you close shop. FreshBooks can now count over 10 million freelancers and business owners as part of their tribe. 
How'd they do that? Well, for 13 years, they've obsessed over making their accounting software fast, ridiculously easy to use, and built specifically for creatives, not number pushers. So I can't cover all the features, but you can send a branded invoice in under 30 seconds, you can see when the clients looked at it, and you can get paid in two clicks. So if you haven't checked out FreshBooks, do it. Do it now. They've got a 30-day, no credit card required free trial. So go to freshbooks.com slash Sunday, or just type in Sunday Dispatches in the How Did You Hear About a section. The next point is that marketing needs to be measured. Otherwise, there's no way to know if part of your process is working well or failing unless you've got data to measure and then act on. Just seeing a sale as well doesn't paint the whole picture. You have to know where the sale came from. Social, your newsletter, direct link from another website. It's hard to know where to put your time and efforts if you aren't sure what's currently paying off. Who on your list already owns what you're selling? You probably don't want to pitch to previous buyers, especially if you're offering a deep discount like a Black Friday sale. Just last week, I sent out an email to a really smart dude who reaches a list of 200,000 people. He sent me an email with an offer to buy a $150 product for only $50. But the problem was, I had bought the $150 product the day before. If I hadn't gotten that email from him, I wouldn't have known about this $100 off sale. So if he had just segmented out previous buyers, there would have been zero complaints. Tracking who on your list bought or didn't buy is the main part of a marketing strategy. It's how I figured out my best sales channels as well. Same with knowing what calls to action produce the best results by A-B testing them. For me, the way I created and sold products absolutely changed for the better when I started to measure things. I was able to figure out what measurements were important and which were useless vanity metrics. For example, having 100,000 people on your mailing list might sound great, but if your open rate is 1% and your click rate is like 0.000001%, then your list is useless. For the mathy maths, that's like one person clicking an email out of 100,000 people. Or if you have 50,000 followers on Instagram, but none of them buy anything that you create, that doesn't help you sell anything. It's just a number that looks good on your social profile. So those are great vanity metrics that seem important, but they accomplish nothing. Unless you can take what you've measured and act on it in some meaningful way, all it's going to do is make you feel good or feel bad if you, say, don't have a lot of followers on social or don't have a lot of mailing list subscribers. The sixth point is that most people try really hard to push people to buy something they make when I'm sure there's ways to do this, but it can be really, really hard and leave you feeling defeated because you're assuming so many things and creating products based on those assumptions. It's easier to let people pull themselves towards what you create because it's what they've been asking you for. Then you assume far less because people are telling you exactly what they want you to make. So it's easier to build a product or even a business around demand than build a product and then try to create demand for it. So to accomplish the former, it requires what I said earlier, trust and empathy. Trust in that people trust you enough to ask for your expertise and help, which happens when you talk to them often, typically through content that you make. And then because you've been talking to them and listening to them and noticing things that your audience are saying, you're empathetic towards their struggles and know how to create products that will help them. Finally, the last point is that think of your marketing plan as a proclamation. You're the ruler of your business, the king or the queen, if you will. If you get to make the rules, you get to set what's acceptable or not acceptable, and you get to choose how far you go with creating things like urgency or tactics. Your business, your rules for how you market them. So you get to set the tone, the style, the methods for going through and creating a marketing plan for your audience. So that's it. That's why you might be wrong about how you think of marketing, 
and how it might be hurting your business. Because I was wrong when I started out as well. So I assumed marketing wasn't important because I had no idea what it actually meant to market something. So if you're keen to learn more, I'm launching my simple marketing product next week called Grow Your Audience. If you're a freelancer who's thinking about products or a product maker who's struggling with your products, then my course can help. I know it can. The course will walk you through the process you can use in your own business, in your own words, to learn how to use marketing in a way that works for you. There's no shortcuts, no gimmicks, no bullshit, just lessons, expertise, and examples on how to grow your audience, then make products that they're begging you to make. 